The following podcast contains adult themes, adult humour, and particularly adult language. It is not intended for children. Occasionally, there will be chicken noises. Uh, right, so letter by way of uh, messaging <coughs> service, all right? Um, I will change the names to protect the innocent. Dear Grand Level, my mother-in-law is visiting us this week and she keeps insisting on making the tea, which is obviously lovely and very kind. Well, this is how a normal tea-making person would feel, but not to the tea Nazi. She keeps putting milk in before she takes the tea bag out. This morning I got in there first and made the tea, but whilst I left my tea lovingly brewing, she came in and poured milk in them. That's awful. I found myself getting really angry. As a result, that cup of tea is still sitting on the table cold as I'm unwilling to waste my daily tea drinking quota on drinking it. What is a tea Nazi to do in this situation? Help. I love this topic. I'm going to sign it J in S. Dot. And I have another one. It's Dear Ground Level, Moving House Soon, Need Help, It's a Horrible Thing to Have to Do. Mm. Signed G in T, just to stay with the theme. Okay. What do we think? Yes? Yeah. You're listening to the Ground Level Podcast with Dennis Jose Francois. Hello. Dan Colocott. Hi. Brownie. Hello. And me, Lockie. This is the discussion show for the rest of us. The one where we look at everyday problems suffered by everyday people and try to come up with a few solutions. It just depends how cross the ground level you are. on your mind what's on my mind um, a friend of ours recently uh, put something on Facebook that she had was walking down the street she saw a hot chick walking past in the opposite direction and wolf whistled her okay is your friend a lezer no okay no you know her okay and, uh, <laughs> and she's just a bit she's just quite confident and just out there and doesn't mind you know whichever and uh, so she just put this comment on Facebook and said that the woman sort of smiled and, but it was a kind of awkward thanks for the compliment, but you're a woman and that's a bit weird and, and that was it, she moved off. Anyway, so this one comment then sparked off this massive debate because one of my friend's friends then came on and said, I just think that's outrageous. I think wolf whistling is really degrading and was properly offended by um, wolf whistling. And she was saying, you know, we're not, we're not on a building site, there's no need for it. And I'm just quite interested in the difference of opinions with either people are complimented by it or really offended by it. So I was just quite curious. Well, interestingly, in, in, um, in lieu of this topic, I brought this up yesterday while we were having dinner. And Bernice said, uh, well, the people are either one extreme or the other. They either think it's complimentary or they think it's degrading. And I said, where do you stand? And she said, oh, I stand in the middle. And then went on a massive tirade about it. So and then at the end, she's like, nah. No, don't stand in the middle. It's disgusting. How would Bernice <laughs> feel if a woman, if a woman wolf whistled at her, or if a man wolf whistled? Same. At her? And the interesting thing she said. Same. Well, she's the interesting thing she said is that it's degrading for the person doing it, as oh, much as it is. It's inappropriate, you know, leaning out of a window and shouting to, for a woman shouting at a bloke. Oi, get your cock out, son. Yeah, that's right? yeah, but that's degrading to a wolf whistle, right? Yeah. Is it? Yes. It's a different thing. Yeah. It's, it's like a swearing thing. Like, okay, what shit oh, right. is okay, but the c word is probably not. It's yeah, and I think that's the like point. That. If you're a if you're a confident woman and you're walking down the street and there's a couple of gardeners... and you see someone fit. No, if you see a couple of gardeners, whatever, and or they see you and they give you a wolf whistle, that's you know that's all right. If you're going past. The same guys, and you're quite a um, shy, intimidated sort of girl. Then I can see how that might be a bit intimidating, but not offensive. Now, if you go past a building site and you've got loads of blokes leering at you, going, "All right, darling, get him out," or whatever these lovely guys say, then yeah, that's offensive. Show she joins if they're carpenters. It's your friend's friend that's got the problem, right? 
Yes, yeah, so, no, but yeah, it just it just made me curious because I just thought there are levels of it. There's the wolf whistle that I think I think anybody would walk away from that and be quite chuffed. I'd probably mm, I probably don't skip it. Well, well, let me ask a couple of questions. Actually, sorry, go on, Dan. No. Well, no, just context of who is doing the wolf whistling. If you turn around and it's some large gutted builder who looks absolute filth, you're not probably going to appreciate it. But if it's some young, you know, some Diet Coke break. <laughs> guy, you know, who's like really? got his pecs and his six pack and his wolf whistling. You're gonna love it, aren't no, you? No, I don't agree with that. Well, I was gonna ask really? this question: Is yeah. it? Well, hold on. Is it more offensive or less offensive if a you walk past a building site and a bunch of fit builders or normal looking builders say, you know, wolf whistle, mm. or or you're walking down the street and you hear a wolf whistle, you turn around and there's a bunch of guys in. Suits and ties with briefcases that look like accountants, and one of them's done it. I just think a wolf whistle's a wolf whistle, whoever it comes from. It doesn't matter. Great. Yeah. What if it comes right. from a wolf? Listeners, if you see me. How? <laughs> see, I think. <laughs> Listeners. I've, ne- I've oh. never really stopped to think about it until it's happened, until similar things have happened to me, walking in to say, like, like well, you laugh, but you try walking into uh, a gay bar or club. And you might suddenly find you might find you get the same sort of thing, but that, a that little, happened to me. But in a Egypt. little bit more tactile. I'll tell you about that if you want. Maybe. Yeah, but then you see, there's different levels of it. Is the, a wolf whistle is nowhere near the most offensive that's, call. But that's that's I think where people do get offend, offended by it. And I just think I'm talking about a wolf whistle. I don't think is offensive. Okay, so let me try three different calls on you. So first of all, not offended. Thank you. That's well, like something out of the 1930s, isn't okay. it? Okay. <laughs> I get that a lot, but uh, that's not a wolf. <laughs> oh, I love it. Okay. Um, that's not a wolf whistle, though. Okay, but it's, it's it's a similar type of call. Last one. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I'm not doing that. Where's my cat? <laughs> Frankson's followed me down the street. <laughs> I know someone who's used to do that and we used to have to just tell it to stop because it would embarrass everybody like please stop yeah. doing that has anyone here wolf whistled someone mm. someone they don't know possibly when I was yeah. in my 20s yeah I? definitely yeah I probably say. said something and realised it came out loud and, and, and I didn't mean to yeah so <laughs> I think I remember you're doing... ugly <laughs> I did the thing as a kid when, when one of you first gets a car and you're driving round and you drive past groups of people or women and then you shout things out the window at people. And then get caught at a red traffic light. Yeah. 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 <laughs> We've done this, haven't we? Yeah. <laughs> happens to you a lot, Dan. Yeah. This happens to you a lot. Uh, once, no. once a week. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bit embarrassing when I'm on my bike. It's yeah. not as good. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't work. Although at least they can hear me. Yeah. So when was the last time you were wolf whistled? Uh, it's definitely since I had Dougie and I was walking down the road pushing the buggy and I really did have to look around to see there must have been someone else around me. <laughs> I think they wolf whistled at me. I was super chuffed. Oh. Did you tears. see who did it? No, I don't care. It's probably Jim trying to just make you feel good. He's not very good at whistling. Oh, right. You know it's not him. <laughs> Is that maybe why? Maybe... I make him try. No, I just, I just don't think it's a, I just don't think it's a bad thing at all. I like it. Maybe um, I'm, a, I'm a bit of a laddie bird though, so. No. Uh, yeah. Get out. Really? Yeah. Oh, nice. Despite my nice, pink. Nice flower in your hair, there. Dan, what's on your mind? Seating. Seating? Yeah. Seating where? I think it pretty much covers theatres, cinemas, airlines. Because I kind of had this feeling that, I don't know, maybe back in the the 1800s or 1900s when we were all at least several inches smaller in height, most of our kind of, certainly the British infrastructure in terms of theatres and buildings that were, you know, commercially available were built were all built for a certain size of person. I went to the theatre the other day, and I swear, and I've never, I'm, I'm not that tall, I'm just about above average height, and I had to move because I physically couldn't get my knees behind the chair. And it's a really old theatre. And I kind of noticed it more and more at the IMAX, at some of the old cinemas, like we were talking about um, on, on another podcast, we were talking about the Empire Theatre. Oh, God. And some of the some <laughs> of the old planes, you know, 
that have obviously been in service so since I just, the 1800s. I just have to quantify that. We went to see the desolation of smog, and it was a desolation of my bladder. <laughs> the, the, narrow, the seats were so narrow and pushed together that I was sort of crunched up like this mm. for most of the show, and I, you can't sit for three hours like that without needing to yeah. go to the loop. And he did sit for three I went hours. To Charlie, <laughs> I went to Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. He had exactly the same problem. I, I just, like, just couldn't sit there. I had, we had to ask the people next to us. They were like two two kids and asked them to move and swap seats but, and they did but like, it was ridiculous but you can so nearly tight. you can excuse it in an old theatre building because it was yeah. built three million years yeah, ago yeah this, this is where I was kind of going slightly different because in public transport and airlines it's it's cram the maximum amount of people in as little a space as possible and it's just getting to the point where we're all getting we're all living longer we're all you know pretty much the, the average height is getting taller and yet, oh, it just does my head in. I just, I can't, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I'm not, not as big as Lofty, nowhere near. Yeah, but you, you I'm must thinking. have a freaking <laughs> oh, easy, Jesus. No, but the three of you are all quite big guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're yeah, tall, yeah. I'm not talking musty. about his genitals. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, when I went to, I went to, <laughs> I went to America. <laughs> well, actually. I, I went to America on a British Airways flight <laughs> and, um. There was a guy in front of me, and like literally, as we were taking off, he like flicked the button and he went straight back. I was like, "Oh man, it's going to be like this for thirteen hours!" Like it was ridiculous. Like his hair was kind of in my teeth, oh, and nice. and and there was this old couple next to me, and um, uh, the guy the guy out of the couple was next to me, and then his wife was on the on the other side, and I was talking to them a little bit, and he could see that I was quite uncomfortable, and. Um, he said, "Don't worry, I'll I'll sort this out for you." And he told he said to his wife, "I think you need to go and get a drink or something." So she went off and got a drink, and he leant forward and whispered something in this guy's ear, and he went, "Ping!" Set his seat up. Yes, mate. Really want to nice. know what he said, eh? Yeah. That was very but, good. But would you not pay for a bigger seat? You know, like some of these cinemas now, you can have a proper sofa, can't you, and all that sort of jazz. Not yeah. in a lot of cinemas, though. That's a some, some cinema, well, you can. Ones, well, it does yeah. depend. This, it does depend on which cinema you go to, well, and, 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 and again, this is one of the reasons why I like the View cinemas because they don't have that problem. They've got stadium seating with yeah, lots of knee room. Mm. The only thing you've got to deal with is a proliferation of chavs and the shit <laughs> films. Yeah, it, well, if you go to well, the two chavs and the shit films go together hand in hand. Yeah. <laughs> so you know you've got to deal with that, but that's a separate but issue. E- but even like. Um, it's been a couple of flights. It was a Virgin flight, and I, I kind of realised that the, the flight back was an overnight flight. So I thought, oh god, I can't, I can't do that with my chin sat on my fecking knees. <laughs> so I paid something like fifty quid. Big chin. I, I paid fifty quid for a, um, a inch, seat. Inch was well, it wasn't. It was, honestly wasn't a great deal of difference. But the thing was, so it's it's at the very front, sort of by sort of near a fire exit. So instead of getting, admittedly, I didn't get. You know, I had leg room, but what you then got was the queue from the toilet. So you constantly got people because there's that space there in front of you. You've constantly got old grannies old loitering yeah, in front yeah, yeah. of you, and you're just like, and that's really off-putting. If you're trying to do something, or you know, trying to trying to sleep, and you've got some some old deer kind of hovering almost mm. in your face, it's just like, oh, you just can't. Okay, win. but then, but then, so you have then, so that's your problem, right? And then you get the upgrade. So I'm a little bit taller than you, right? Yeah. As you said earlier, I'm thank you very much. I'm also bigger than you. <laughs> when I came back from Bangalore, we got upgraded to first class, right? And it was on a, um, uh, I think it was Virgin or someone. And anyway, we got into like you know one of those kind of coffin style cabins where you like you press the button and your seat reclines and you can put your feet up. I'm still too fucking tall to sit down. Oh no! And like Nick's at the other end, like. I'm like, yeah, cheers, wicked. 18 hours, and I still couldn't sleep because it's too small still. Yeah, but you're in first class, Lofty, so please. How many yeah. hours to Bangalore? 18. Third, what? Sorry, 14. I said, 14. Which way did 14. they fly? Yeah. <laughs> Via the Arctic. No, 14. Yeah. Well, so me, Dan, Mihai won't thank me for bringing him here. Mihai? Up, but you've met Mihai, my friend yeah, who is. Which, unlike six, his name suggests, he's seven foot something. I don't seven know. foot eight. No, 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 no he's, six foot, he's six foot eight, isn't I'm he? Joking. Six foot eight, yeah. Really tall, and I, I just, God, I just wonder how he gets on because me and you, you know, we're we're not well. All three of us are sort of above average height. You're, I'm, I'm average height. I'm not above average. Height. Okay, but I t- I t- six I t- for I t- eight, t- six for eight, size fifteen feet. 
How the hell does that work in life? Yeah. Mm. Well, damn, I have to ask, why do you even bother with public transport? You're incompatible yeah. with the general public. <laughs> in general, why do you bother? It's true. It's just I don't you know should, why. You I should have like a Scrooge badge instead of pregnant badge. So, yeah. so, 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 <laughs> oh, it's here again! I, I have to yeah. ask Brownie then. Yeah. So how do you find the experience of travelling with a small child and seating? Is it an issue? I mean, do you ever have to get a bus off to Nor or public transport with, with Dougie uh, at all? Or been on the bus a few times, that's all right, but you just stand by the door. Right. Do you travel in the rush hour and piss everyone off? Uh, no, what, but I'll quite tempted to now track you down and find you. <laughs> yeah. No, she'd only piss everyone else because she had a push chair on the bus. No, no on, the, on the tube, on the tube. I have I'm gone up to about. meet Jim from work before and he works in the city. And you do get people in the city like, why, really, why would you have a kid in the city? Yeah. But I've worked in the city and, I, and I'm just like walking along as it is my right. Do you know what? Yeah, I've yeah. done this yeah. bit. Yeah. Do you know what? I, you know, I get very uh, frustrated or irritated by push chairs on, on buses in rush hour. It's, it's really spread to the tube now. You cannot get on a tube in rush hour without someone coming on with a double push chair. Yeah, but you don't know where that person needs to be or where they're going. I don't care where they need to be or where they're going. They shouldn't do it during rush hour. But they might have been to work but and they have their children in childcare and they're going to go and pick them up. I'm going to How defend come? these people now. For over 100 years, people have travelled on the tube without push chairs and suddenly, in 2014, everybody has to have a push chair on the tube. Mm, because people are having too many kids. Oh, God. You've also got Montgomery Spanks who comes on with his fold-up bicycle. <laughs> it's just like, what, what is the point? Why have you got Monty. your little Your little Monty, so little fold-up bike. You guys Pick want just the people that work in London to be on the tube. No one's standing. During rush spaces. hour. During rush hour. I think if, during rush hour, you should realise that it's going to be packed. Yeah. And once upon a time, okay, I know it harks back to a long time ago, but people used to have fold-up pushchairs. But okay, so what do you do if you're working in town? The only place that you can get childcare, which is very difficult to get nowadays, is near where you work. So you have to take your one or two young children on the smelly, grossy tube. No, don't around yeah, exactly. smelly, grumpy old men like me, yes, like you. And then they have to deal with all that with potentially a sick or a tired or a hungry baby after wheels. you've been at work for the day. Scott wheels, push it. No. <laughs> You're all wrong. No, just travel outside well, they might not be able to. They might not be able to. But do you Notice have... I've taken a veto. But for... <laughs> you don't know their situation. Travel, travel outside rush. First of all, you've got two kids who are not even paying a fare. Right, taking up the space of fifteen adults inside in, inside the tube. Fifteen train. miserable adults <laughs> for two kids to travel. Well, what, I, what I would say, and this is shocking, this, this is this is not necessarily the fault of a lot of parents, but I have noticed that prams seem to be getting more luxurious. Well, this is bigger, my problem, really. Bigger yeah. and bigger and bigger. bigger. You know, you get, get me in they're, one of them. They're just stupid. No, bigger than the old days. Bigger than the old days. Prams are bigger than the old days. They've gone to right. Like, yeah. Like you guys have the... stop it. <laughs> Seriously, I had this guy guy at work who's mm. called uh, I'm going to call him out, Sean, who uh, he's a <laughs> vegan. Today we're going to name the name, and he's the most placid guy. And he went on this rant about about people who mm. use their use their pushchairs and prams as weapons and have no idea this about the space. I'm twenty. <laughs> But you don't, you're, you're not guilty of this crime. I will now. You're going to do that? Oh, man. When you're at work, I'm going to follow you wherever you go, we've nudging turned, your heels. We've turned her. Yeah. yeah. So. To the dark side. You never know what people's situations are, that's all I'm saying. Well, this is possibly a good prelude into Lofty. Lofty, what's on your mind? Well, yeah, but it's not really to do that. Frankie Knuckles died today. <gasps> no! The DJ? Yeah. No, really? Did you not know that? No, I did not know that. Yeah, he died today. Of what? Uh, I, I, they, they haven't said, but he was diabetic, um, and he'd also lost like one of his feet, I think. But he was, he's, 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 his, 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 uh, his uh, last couple of like DJ sessions where he's been like sitting down and stuff. But yeah, he died today. Oh. So hang on, he isn't an Edwardian boxer. No, he's not. No, he is like the godfather of house music. Yeah, really, yeah, really, yeah, really. yeah. yeah, yeah. I, 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 know, I know so little. Yeah, that is a major deal. Yeah, mm. I thought you'd. Know, I thought you. No, well, I haven't. I, I'm not on the internet, am I? No. Which brings no. me nicely yeah, to, yeah. unless you've got something else you want to bring up today. Um, child stage actors putting on voices. 
Like, seriously. All right, have, we'll have, get back to mine in a minute. Have you... Have you? I saw Charlie in the Chocolate Factory a couple of weeks ago, and the kid that plays Charlie, he's either sucking on a lot of helium, or he is a northerner putting on a, some, kind, some kind of, like, like, London accent. But his voice was ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Grandpa, aren't you? Like, that's how he talks. Well, like, I thought like time. a child version of Dick Van Dyke. Was yeah, it, like, it was that? weird. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was fucking weird. Maybe he was like an American kid pretending to be English. Uh, maybe, maybe. Mm. But what was really funny is we were sat there and uh, it got to like a quiet point. <clears throat> I obviously didn't know it was going to be a quiet point. And Katie shouted, Hey, Grandpa, like the top oh, no, of her voice. heckled a child. Oh, child heckling. Can I just say, compared to me, that's nothing compared to that. Like, we're just complaining about no, mums on me. the tube, not the kids. It was, it was your girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, just drop her right yeah. in. Yeah. That is yeah, shocking. That's, yeah, that is shocking. Yeah, that was very funny. And, and she's a school teacher. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, did everyone just turn around and No, stare? not really. No, it, just, yeah, it was just very funny. Oh. What's on your mind, Dennis? <laughs> well, I was going to, before that, I was going to say, well, I wouldn't know about Frankie Knuckles dying because, of course, I've not been on doing recreational internet yeah. for the last month. And I know it's recreational, so you can do what. Well, we, we spoke internet. about the definitions of, of these things. You've before. been emailing, emailing us. That's not way. recreational internet. I said that one of the rules was, rule would be that messaging. Email or electronic messaging has become part of everybody's daily life, like the post, right? So uh, that's not included. I said that at the beginning because yeah, that would just be too common. You've on WhatsApp, though. Um, I've just sort of been trying to avoid... Yeah, but work. You, I'm sure you can talk about work stuff on WhatsApp and email. Yes, yeah, yes, indeed. But I've just generally tried... I've been trying to limit my internet use full stop, but I have been checking mails and checking messages. So you've not been stuff. on Facebook, basically? No. Um, I, that's... Not entirely true, because in order to post stuff about ground level and liberation frequency, which I don't consider to be recreational, I've had to log on to Facebook and switch to my liberation <clears throat> frequency or ground level account, and in the process you end up seeing a glimpse of whatever, but I haven't answered any Facebook messages, I haven't, inter- I haven't read, I haven't like opened up the Facebook mail, I haven't done any of that, which okay. is... Um, but people, and here's the funny thing, I don't need to, because people keep telling me stuff. Like, you know, our friend Frank uh, had a had a kid, or his wife had a kid, and he rang me and told me. But by the end of the day, about seven different people had texted me like, you probably don't know this, but Frank's a dad. And I'm like, actually, yeah, because he, he told me. <laughs> you know, I, I've had that a lot. A lot of people, you know. Are you saying we could all live without Facebook? Uh, we definitely... I never thought... This whole 30-day challenge has been a far more interesting experiment in what other people think than what I think because first of all when I say to people I'm going to give up recreational internet for a month the shock and horror on people's face like you'll never do it. oh my god how are you going to survive are you right? people at work were actually <laughs> yeah, saying to me yeah but that's because people are saying that that's what makes you more stronger to do it right because well, you're slightly no I don't think bear in mind I'm 44 years old right so for at least 30 years of my life no say 24 years of my life because I've been on the internet longer than most people but for at least 24 years, years of my life there was no internet and for 10 years the first 10 years of me being online I was the only person I knew online because I was 10 years ahead of everybody else so it's not like I must have the internet so the first couple of days of course you're sort of tempted <clears throat> to go to it but then after a while it's just like no it's fine yeah. what I find funny is the reaction of people they're like oh my god are you alright are you managing I'm like, how are you surviving the one thing and this, this surprised me that I had difficulty with and I, this is where I realised where the internet has permeated my life is I find myself watching TV and seeing something on the telly and wanting to get more information about it. Mm. And very often it's just about, oh, that actor has been in yeah, and looking yeah, up yeah, I- yeah, IMDb. Yeah. Or someone will talk about something. I'm like, oh, they made that up for the <clears> film. <throat> Let me look it up on Wikipedia. That, so Wikipedia and IMDb are the two things that I missed the most, or I'm missing the most, because I've still got two days to go on that. Um, <clears> but otherwise, it's, it's fine. Yeah. There have been a couple of occasions where I've deemed something academic or necessary, and I've... Uh, and I've Dennis, the work Dennis, related. Porn is definitely not academic. <laughs> <laughs> it's, not rec- it's not recreational. <laughs> um, so, so that's been quite. The first week, I found myself, uh, you know, clearing my to-do list of stuff 
Yeah. Massively. Even going to bed, even going to work earlier. Yeah. I've definitely read more. I've been listening to music far more. I've just been doing lots yeah, more that's stuff. Yeah, really good. So, I, and I would say to anybody that maybe we should have a closer look at how we spend our lives. Have you time. been reading books? Have you been yes. reading on the Kindle? Yeah, although, well, both. That's not necessarily internet related, though. Mm. I don't well, I don't have a Kindle, but if I put a PDF on my iPad, that's not even, that's nothing to do with the internet, is it? Yeah. How Why? did you get it there? Because I got it off my computer onto the iPad. Okay. There's no internet involved. There's like computer to iPad. Right, so so anyway, that's what people seem, and that's the other thing, people seem to think that the internet perv- pervades everything and it doesn't necessarily. But I would mm. definitely say to people, consider switching off Facebook for a while and talking to people. Yeah. You know, I've managed it I'm, for nearly three years. Yeah, bastard. And... Uh, but I mean, yeah. <laughs> there's lots of stuff I there's, there's lots of stuff I don't know about. Like you know, I I wasn't aware that you had a big discussion about wolf whistling on your Facebook page. Oh, yeah. for no, instance. No, no, I was saying it was after after we come off. Yeah. So interesting. So that was that. So now today is day one of my next challenge. There's a slight overlap because there was only 28 days in February. Um, just to bring everybody up to speed, the 28 days in February, the 30 day February challenge was I bought Gavin a birthday That's present right. every day for 30 days. Yeah. It's quite an expensive challenge in the end, even if you only spend like three or four quid. After, oh, well, as you got towards the end of those 30 days, did you sort of have to bring the presents down so they were sort of less qualities so that you, he didn't all of a sudden have some mad present crap? A packet of his favourite um, yeah. It was, I did, I did space a few presents out because I thought of a whole bunch up front and I figured, oh, these are quite good. I will just put, you know, this one on specific mm. days. And some were themed about things that I knew what he was going to do on a certain day. So, for instance, one day in February, him and uh, Tiff and Julie had a, um, a video watching night. So I bought him like a, a popcorn kit. Yeah. So they could, you know, stuff like that. That was very, very specific. On his birthday, that fancy dress party, and when he was dressed like an angel and everything. And I, so I bought him like finger light things, yeah. disco lights for his, the end tips of his fingers as part of his his um, present. So you know, it, it, it depends. And then there were some things which were quite a bit more expensive. So you didn't than just others. cut him off after thirty days. Did oh, he demand any more? Yeah, he did. <laughs> did he? Yeah, he didn't get him. Yeah. So. <laughs> but no, I left. Did him he off. give you any ideas? I left him. Mm. Uh, I just stuff I knew there were a couple uh, probably the best presents were the ones that were completely unexpected like when we went out a few weeks ago up at the Hagen and Hyde pub I can't remember the you bought him a beer <laughs> that night he lost his favourite cardigan which was quite an expensive cardigan it was a designer cardigan and he went to the pub the next day and said because we were there right till the end and they said no no it's gone and I just thought that was bullshit so I went in the next week and I used the scary version of me that comes out from time to time when I when I asked for it and they found it immediately <gasps> and they basically had it, they, they had it and, I, and that was his gift for the day because oh, I thought that's, that's ridiculous God. how could they yeah. not how could they have lost it from, um, you, do you know what I mean oh I and bet I, he was amazed so that that was a, 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 like an unexpected yeah, uh, cheeky, yeah. and the, the very last gift was uh, a, an open a blank check gift Effectively a blank check. Of a, of a gift, right. Yeah, a gift, yeah. He can, he can have I'll whatever he likes. Not a blank check. <laughs> yeah, within reason. <laughs> Has he chosen that yet? No, he hasn't. So he's got to choose it before his next birthday. And so what are you doing now? Uh, so now I'm starting today, I'm starting vegetarianism. God. And in solidarity, two out of my three flatmates have decided to join me. Um, Shane isn't right. No, in fact, he said he was going to make bacon sandwiches every day. <laughs> yeah. What about for the Easter weekend? If it's nice weather, surely there'll be like barbecue or plenty. I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to tough it out. It's a good month to do this challenge. Well, today I went to lunch with my boss, and it suddenly it seemed like everything on the menu had meat in it. <laughs> well, it pretty, yeah. pretty much does. Yeah, yeah and, and every everywhere in London, it's just like day one. It's like you can't even go half a day without meat, which normally I wouldn't have a problem with. Yeah. But it's just knowing you can't have something makes you want to have it. So, so that's where I am. 30 days of vegetarianism like starting from on today. Mm. So there you go. That's it. How well done. Are you enjoying it? So far? No. Mm, probably no. not. So this, I, I, I reckon I'm going to have the most trouble with this. I thought this would be easier. But after oh, one day, I'm already hard. thinking about <laughs> meat all the time. So <laughs> but yeah, but you're really not enjoying the challenges? Oh, the challenge, yeah, no, I, I am. I am. The only thing is, after about 20 days, they start to become quite, you sort of want them to end so you can go on to another one. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I, I, yeah, I, yeah I, I, am, I am enjoying them. I think so. veganism will be harder. Definitely, oh. but I think that'll be way too much. Because I'm also, this isn't part of the challenge, but I'm also right now giving up alcohol as well. 
For how long? For probably for three months, but because I'm going into hospital for an operation soon, and my, I've got very high blood pressure, I'm trying to just do everything to bring it down. Mm. So I'm giving up alcohol and meat at the same time. I might drop coffee out, which is a lot of stuff to give out at once. That's hard. That's intense. Yeah, but I've got to get my blood pressure down. That's a different discussion. Can you see the hurt? Can you see the pain? Can you feel the rain coming like a train of thought? Shall we uh, move on to our main topic? Sure. Or one of our main topics. We've got two main topics. Okay. Who wants to make a cup of tea? <laughs> tea making politics. Let's start with tea making. Brownie, I know you've got stuff to say. About I'm this. an absolute. No one can make me a cup of tea. Jim can every now and then. He makes me a good cup of tea. But if I go to anyone's house, I'll always ask for coffee because people just get it wrong and it winds me up. So can you explain to us and to our listeners the correct way to make you a cup of tea? I know because it is a personal thing. Yeah. So in that way, if anyone listening, including your husband and your son, when he's old enough, you can play this back to him. Yeah. Uh, they can play this back and we'll always know how to make you a cup of tea. Well, it's... So, tea bag in the cup, mm-hmm. my cup, and water in, preferably boiling. Give it a couple of stirs, not too much. Whip the bag out, whip it out. Don't leave it there too long. I don't like strong tea. Mm. A big, one big sugar. Right. So it's not one and a half. Is that, like a, is that a teaspoon or teaspoon? What, heaped. Heaped. Okay. Yeah. Um, shove that in. Stir it anti-clockwise. Loads of milk. So what, stop. Anti-clockwise. Yeah. Why anti-clockwise? I don't know. <laughs> Even though you just made a clockwise steering motion. Yeah, but I just said anti-clockwise. Okay. Yeah. Uh, loads of milk, so it's sort of like the colour of this uh, cloth. White. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, not, it's not builder's tea, Like then. No, like really weak tea. Oh. Okay. But it's still taste of tea. That's the trick in it people don't get. Or, do you know, oh, when people leave the tea bag in and then put the milk in like you were saying earlier and then just leave it all there brewing and then you get like the little speckly bits on the top of the cup yeah yeah. Well, I don't drink tea very much, but that's basically how I make a cup of tea. What what, like, well, I came to your house before and I had the strongest cup of tea ever but I was so polite I didn't say anything but I leave the tea bag in and pour the milk in and the sugar is actually already in with the tea bag at the start before the water goes in so, yeah yeah yeah, yeah, I think sugar, sugar should be. But I like that when you kind of like squeeze the tea bag and it goes oh, a little bit orange. Yeah. So yeah, I you can do that at the beginning, but if you uh, leave it to stew, it's just too strong. So for me. my method of making tea, which a lot of people disagree, with, but that's fine, is uh, you have a mug, a standard mug like the one in front of me now, right, which would be approximately two hundred fifty milliliters of, of liquid, about one centimeter, maybe a little bit more of milk at the bottom, tea bag, oh, God, boiling. Boiling water, it can't be warm water, right? You leave it in there for approximately <clears throat> two minutes, maybe three. Stir it around until it gets to the desired colour. You do not squeeze the tea bag to get the extra tannins and nasty shit out of it. You take it out and done. That's me, that's fine, that's how I do it. What's your desired colour? Um, do you like strong tea? About the colour of my skin. Oh, that's really strong. So, well, not strong enough, according to the rest of the people in this household. Um... The reason I do it that way is because I grew up in a household where we always, always had a teapot. And if you're making tea in a tea, with a teapot, you should really put the milk in the cup first. This whole idea that you shouldn't put the milk in first comes from making tea in a cup with the bag in it, right? If you're not using a teapot, you're probably right, you should. But then if, in order to avoid the scum... You have to keep stirring it the whole time. You can't let I've the tea never, bag I've never stick. seen this scummy bit that you're talking about. Depends, depends on which of... milk you've got. Yeah. yeah. And your kettle. What crap you've got in your kettle. Yeah. So it, that, I mean, that's the way... In fact, my nan used to uh, make tea with tea leaves. So there was oh. a whole yeah. you know, milk in the bottom, tea leaves, and uh, sort of strainer and stuff leaves, which yeah. to pick up the leaves yeah. and stuff. Stuff like that. But because we, I grew up always, always, always having a teapot and you... There's, I've got like two or three teapots. I still make tea in a teapot. I can't get away from having the milk in the cup first because I know exactly how much to put in there to get it to the strength that I want. I, but I it, agree with coffee. Milk should go in first. 
Well, the thing is... all the granules get messed up by the boiling water. If you make the same strength strength tea both ways, no one can tell the difference. I've tested it many times. Mm. People, I've just, you know, people like, if they see you doing it, they're like, that's wrong. But if they don't see you doing it, they won't know. It's like most people can't tell the difference between sweetener and sugar if you don't tell them. Yeah, I still won't let anyone make me a cup of tea. Do you drink tea? I do, but only really at work. I, I don't think I would ever make a cup of tea at home. Really? There's such a big... Well, it, it it's the only really way you can justify having the odd sort of five, ten minute break is to mm. have a cup of tea. So that's kind of the culture. But what I have more of an issue with things like you watch EastEnders and, and say, you, you know, one of us has just had their dog or wife or sisters been mowed down by a car or brutally murdered. Mm. Then it's always, you know, you, you've got someone who's basically in shock, cowering in the kitchen, shaking. And what's, what's, what's the first well, thing they do? they clearly need a cup of tea. <sighs> yeah, hot right. Well, of course, they, that's, they need a, a good, cup of tea. It's actually good for shock. It's the tannins mm. and the caffeine and everything. It's I'll good. Make a nice cup of tea. But, yeah. but that's, but, but that's yeah. right. Really? I reckon I have tea once a month, if that. Do you? Really? Yeah, yeah, don't, don't, don't drink it. I've not, every, never seen you have a cup of tea. Every, well, only if, probably if I'm at my mum's. Mm. I might have a cup of tea, but... Do you, like co- yeah. you don't like coffee, do you? No, I can't stand it. Hmm. I like the smell of it, but don't like the taste of it. Oh, coffee-flavoured things. Like coffee when was the last time anyone... Nick said about his wife. Anyone who had it? Moving on. I had to say that one in, because that's one of the funniest things I've ever heard. But carry on, let's keep going. Wow. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was going to ask when was the last time anyone had tea out of an urn. Hey? Tea urn. You know, like those old-style, big, like, metal canister of tea, like canteen, proper oh, canteen tea. Yeah, you flip yeah, like a, no, you know, like you'd get yeah. beer out of a freaking barrel. Oh, right, yeah. If you, no, not if I'm in phrases, but no, tea. No, pretty gross. In a, tea <laughs> in a polystyrene cup but, yeah. tastes awesome. Out of a what? Tea in a polystyrene cup. cup. What? Tea out of an urn in a polystyrene yes. cup with the right amount of yeah. milk tastes awesome. Yeah, really but it could, But it's a... It, That's an outdoor thing. There's lots of perils in that. Because if you're not careful, you can bite the cup and have tea, pot tea spill all over you. How do you drink you. your tea? <laughs> oh, oh, shit. <laughs> That's your drink problem. Yeah. Um, the problem I have with plastic cups is whenever I have plastic cups, I want to hold them in my teeth and drink like that. I don't know why. Get back. Slight segue. What does annoy me is we copy the Americans with everything they do. And people just seem to think nothing of every day, sometimes more than once a day, spending three quid on a coffee. Mm. What do you mean, like Starbucks and Costa? Yeah, yeah. And, every and now and again, it's it, worth it. It is. I'm but, glad that I don't. But have some this people do it. Okay, so I, I used to be one of those just, people. I yeah, used to have probably spend up to. I reckon six or seven quid a day, maybe a ten or a day in Costa. And, and this is a long time ago. It's like, say, 10, 12 years ago when I first came back to live in the UK after living abroad for so long because the general level of coffee was everywhere was horrible. Mm. And, um, and until I actually did the math one day and realised how much money I was spending mm. on... And I stopped completely. Now I only really drink one coffee a day. I do like so. the um, gingerbread lattes you oh, get at Christmas. Great. They're good. And because uh, mm. they, they do ginger bread and then they do yeah. like yeah toffee now yeah. eggnog. See, they're good. Yeah. Like you say, every now and then it's good. it is nice. Am I the only person that doesn't like coffee here? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, mm. weird. I'm quite I into think... herbal teas at the moment. Grapefruit. Mm. I'm quite into green tea at the moment. Yeah, not I do drink green. I actually do green. Oh well, there you go. Green tea, tea, but not with milk. Easy for you to say. Yeah, it's Fuji match powder. It's proper. Oh, that's the Japanese stuff. Yeah, that's that's pretty good. Mm. There's the brown equivalent. Don't get them mixed up. No. Um, So just going back to tea making politics. Now, you said uh, that you have to make tea at your work. You have to make tea for the whole work. It's a small company. There's 23 people there. But if there are 23 people in the office and you're making a cup of tea for yourself, you do the whole. Does anyone want a cup of tea? And inevitably, most people say yes. Don't you work around the corner? No, oh, and I cool. work near me. I thought you worked around the corner. No, that was a temp thing. Oh, right. Yeah, I just made myself a cup there, because no one talked to each other. But surely um, when you get to above 10, some of them are going to start getting cold by the time... No, because it's only a small office, so you just sort of do runs, and there's a big um, sheet, a schedule up on the board. <laughs> of how everybody has yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we well, used to, I worked in an office when I worked at Shepperton Studios, there'd be six or seven people in the office, 
And part of it's timing. You know, it's going to happen at some time in the morning. So if you're smart, you'll do yeah. it when there's four or five people. Yeah. Just enough that it's not going to look like you're taking a shortcut. So a majority, but not everyone. Yeah. And then someone will come in late and they'll go, anyone having tea? And you're like, yeah. well, you better make it then. Or you get the whole, like, somebody's <laughs> just in the kitchen and then they'll say, anyone want tea? And, like, people on the phone are walking around and you can't really hear that person. You think, God, I got away with it. How many cups of tea do you reckon you have a day at work? I have two cups of... Uh, either coffee or tea a day, both decaffeinated, don't have any caffeine anymore, and herbal tea, oh, I don't know, three or four cups? I probably have between four and six cups of tea at work a day. I have a cup of coffee in the morning, between four and six cups of tea at work a day, and a cup of tea or two when I get home. I probably have about eight cups of tea a day. Oh, do you sleep? I just don't okay. get it. No. no. <laughs> I don't. That's but I, but I take it in the evening, I've taken to drinking... Uh, decaf tea. Yeah, yeah. So. I made a mistake when I first got that green tea, though. That was when I was still living up around the corner, and I had it. I had like a a cup of it after six o'clock at night. I was awake till about three a.m. What yeah. green tea? Yeah, kids be like super awake. Then you need to find a different green tea which doesn't have caffeine because they're all quite different. No, I'm quite alright with that as long as I have it in the morning when I feel a bit sleepy. I guess that's because you don't drink tea or coffee often. So, no. you're... do you drink a lot of Coca Cola though? Diet Coke. See, that's got loads of caffeine. I mean, a Diet Coke would have way more caffeine in it than a cup of tea or coffee. Yeah. Mm, not necessarily. You would say that because you're addicted to Coca-Cola like crack. Yes, I am. I thought you were giving what? it up. What? resolution. Full no. fat Coca-Cola. Yeah. He, tries, he says that every time. It lasts about a day. How well done. Weeks. Oh. Yeah. I was going to say, I was just sticking on the tea thing. Different terms for, for doing it. Uh. It's up north. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to... Uh, uh, I've got to say this because I know my sister's listening. In Sheffield, they you would go and mash. So if if someone from Sheffield says, "Shall I go and mash?" What that means they're going to make tea. Really? Yeah, it's I, I, it's a very specific South Yorkshire, is it Sheffield thing? Mm. I'm going to go and mash. I've family in Sheffield. I've never heard them say that. A ah, brew. they oh. probably changed their lingo for you. Yeah. You know. So they understand. The posh woman is yeah. going. Have, they, have you been up to Sheffield? Yeah, Have they ever given you that roast dinner in a, in a, in a bun? No, but Jim has that in London. Oh, can roast you get that here? Yeah, with gravy and all sorts of over it. Yeah. Roast dinner begins. So basically, in the, yeah, it's, it's like a it's roast, like roast lamb mm. with stuffing and gravy. And I swear, my sister says no, but I swear it had potatoes in it as well. And in, 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 in like <laughs> yeah. a big piece of French bread baguette. Oh, and it's just uh, there's a Not place in London that used to do that. <laughs> yeah, they still do. Jim Jim gets it all the time. He loves it. Really? Yeah. Which one? Where, where does he go? Because the one in uh, there's somewhere in central London in the, near the Law District. It'll be in the city somewhere. Oh. Mm. Well, maybe it's still. Right. Yeah. Have a brew. I quite like that one. Fancy a brew. Cuppa. Oh, I've got one brewing. That is that. We're talking about tea, not I've like after brew. It just depends how close to. Well, we had two main topics. The other ten minutes oh. like, well, about moving house. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think the moving. one thing you have to do, the first tip I would say, because I, I, I reckon here I've probably moved house more than, more than anyone at this table. Mm. I don't think so. Actually, no. yeah, maybe not. I, I think the figures it. are probably quite high if we put all of our yeah. figures together. I would say I've moved house... You've moved house loads. I don't know, 25 times? Yeah, maybe I'm... Just because I've lived overseas and moved from... Like, when I was in Holland and Germany, I think I moved house, like, 13 times. Just there alone, and I've moved to Japan. I've moved country about seven times. Mm. So, you know, I've moved from England to Holland, from Holland to Germany, from Germany back to Holland, Holland back to England, England back to Holland, Holland back to England, then England to Japan, Japan back to England, England to Africa, Africa back back to to England. So just there alone, that's without, you know, just around around here. I moved about 13 times. I went from Mitcham to Collierswood, to Collierswood to Tooting, to Collierswood to Tooting, to Collierswood to Tooting, to Mitcham. <laughs> Australia for a bit. Perryvale to Perryvale. <laughs> Leytonstone to South Ealing to Tooting to Kingston. You lived in 
Betty Vale. Yeah. How long have you been Betty Vale? Uh, <laughs> about a year and a half. Right on the A. Betty Vale. Right on the A40. <laughs> yeah. Right on the A40. Yeah. Oh what? By the, by, by the by the Hoover, Hoover building. building yeah. no, you lived what? You yeah. lived by the Hoover building. Well, about before it yeah. was a Tesco, or while it was still no, actually was still, still, still the Hoover building. Was yeah. that that flat that when you were living there when I first met you ten years ago? No, Where that was, was that? South Ealing. Oh yeah. Yeah, that lovely oh, photo that picture. of you. <laughs> you live just up the street from old Petey boy. Yeah. 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 Wow. Better well. It's very Indian community up there, um, uh, which is, I don't have a problem with at all, I should point out. <laughs> um, but uh, it does, on occasion, smell very strongly of curry. And this is because it can only is, be a good thing. Well, no, this is because there is an Indian spice factory somewhere oh, in Greenford. Wow. So it's not... Because, you know, but the first time, until you find that out, you're left with the impression that it just smells of curry all the time because everyone's cooking curry. But it turns out that they're actually roasting um, spices and stuff mm. somewhere in Pinner or Greenford or Alperton or Perivale, one of those areas, which can or cannot smell quite good. Leightonstone, when I lived there, the reason why I moved was because um, we uh, kind of came upon this woman who... Um, had like collapsed by the A13 and this guy was like looking after her and he obviously realised that there was something seriously wrong with her. We called an ambulance, the ambulance turned up, she died in the back of the ambulance and we had to pin this guy down from like jumping onto the A13. That's pretty crazy. And that's why you moved there? Well, no, there was that and then, and then in the, no, that's why we moved out of there. That was that, in the same week that happened, we had CID come round to our house and interview me and Chris about it. And then in the same week, we came back to the house uh, after work and they cl- the police had closed it off and apparently there was a guy walking up and down our road with a machine gun. So wow. I was like, wow. I'm going to South Ealing because it's a lot better. Right. Yeah. Not really. So, uh, moving. Now, you're, we're talking really about finding places to live now. You're, yeah. you, you've had some recent experiences in this, mm. haven't you? Yeah. It's, it, well, I think it does depend where you're going to. But if it's to a place that's desirable, it's very difficult. Mm. Yeah. It. I mean, we. I think we looked at um, eight or nine places, um, and the first one we put an offer in, um, we basically you just got like done over by like a cash buyer, yeah. and yeah, it was quite difficult. But in hindsight, we have found the place that is you know a hundred grand cheaper than that place. Um, and I think in hindsight, it is it is the better the better option. I think so, Berkhamsted. Which is like kind of between Hemel Hempstead and Tring. I also think that it's uh, got a lot to do with the price bracket of the property you're looking at. Because of the the stamp duty, if you're going in just below it, those houses are just... You don't have... Yeah, but those houses don't really exist. What, houses that are under the, under the threshold for stamp duty? Yeah. 250k. So, like, so 250k. Yeah, so There's nowhere went, around here that you get for 250k. So if you went to St Helier Estate... You might be able to get a property like that around there, or a two-bedroom flat, or something. Yeah. Any any type of property that's below that um, threshold yeah. go equally as quickly. Yeah. I think okay. I think so the, I think the market. I, I feel at this stage for our listeners in other parts of the country, they need to understand that in London, for two hundred and fifty thousand pounds, you'll get a broom cupboard. Yes. Yeah, people really yeah. don't take this on board. I think. Uh, people who don't live in London or the South, but really London, they 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 think we're joking about it. But you would not get. What would you What no. would you buy within the M25 for two hundred fifty? Well, we 000? we got told if if we'd if we not sold the flat until the summer, so we got an offer accepted at like uh, middle of March. If we had waited until June, it would have gone up. It would have gone up five percent. So. What did same you sell here. your place for? Are you prepared to say? Uh, I can't really. Okay, it's fine. Not really. I had the same thing where. Um, it took so long for the sale to go through that it would have gone up yeah. um, probably about another 10, 15k. Well, we saw the place where we previously lived in Streatham Hill, over the course of one year, the price changed by something like £100,000 Yeah, over in the course of one yeah. year. which was, But know. property around here is crazy. Mm. Like, uh, my mate Doug has got a friend who lives here and they bought a place like three or four years ago for like 250 and it's it's knocking on the door of 500,000. Right, yeah, and that would be a it. property which in other parts That's of the ridiculous. country would cost about 80 or 90,000. It's literally four times more expensive than London. My sister 
lives in a two-bedroom place in Sheffield, and it comes in at under, it's valued at under 70 grand. It's a two-bedroom wow. place with a garden in Sheffield. And Sheffield's one of, is not the smallest city in, 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 in the UK, right? So that's, that's how because the same is, place is that, is that because of the people that would buy that is what they can afford or no, that? that's just the value of property in other parts of the country. The same, the exact same property in in London would be at about four hundred thousand pounds. Because I've heard that's that's why because Berkhamstead's like quite desirable to live in, and there's a lot of people that are outside people not in Berkhamstead that are coming there, and there's there's they've got fourteen estate agents on the high street, and the high street is as big as between Tooting Beck. And two team oh, They've got as many estate agents as we've got curry houses. Yeah, and <laughs> and uh, there's a there's like most of the estate agents don't really try. They don't really sell to people who are outside of Berkhamsted because they want to keep the prices down. And I can kind of see that in a way. It's crazy. But yeah. but then what about renting? See, because that's the other that's it's the other side of the coin. Renting, see, renting. What you've got to re- understand when you're trying to rent in London is that the rental prices do not. Affect reflect what the buy and sell prices are and I think people make that mistake they assume that because it's expensive to buy somewhere it's going to be expensive to rent in that location and that is absolutely not true that's a whole it's a whole different dynamic with renting it's still stupidly expensive but surely it's more expensive to rent than it is to buy I mean in the grand scheme of things when you're paying off a mortgage uh, yes, if you can get the mortgage in the first place. Yeah. Because for, okay. because yeah. if you let's say for instance, in order to rent a two bedroom property in this area, a flat, a flat, two bedroom one. flat, you're looking at around eleven, twelve hundred, thirteen or fourteen hundred oh, a okay. month, right? Now, if you had a mortgage on a property for thirteen, fourteen hundred a month, you'd have a pretty that'd be a massive. It's about a three fifty <clears> mortgage. Yeah. But in order to get that three fifty, maybe four hundred mortgage, you you'd have to be earning. You'd have to have deposit, two people. I mean. Yeah, you need a, a massive pro- pro- deposit of forty k, and each person involved will probably have to be earning forty k mm. or yes. something, right? Yeah. Um, so it doesn't. The two things don't correlate. If you get what I mean, but, you know but what I mean? in renting and buying, the one thing that is very similar is that um, the how quickly it all turns around is just so fast so even if you're renting you go and view a property if you don't say there and then you want that, it yeah there's yeah. no time to Game go away and think yeah. and have a conversation no, right, yeah. so there's this massive well, this, this pressure is, this, to just be like right we have to we have to take it otherwise that's, we're that's exactly where we are now with mm. this place in Berkhamstead we've had the survey done and the survey came back everything fine but the electrics are a bit dodgy it's going to cost about you know about 2k to, to sort the electrics out but if it's and, your... the, and the solicitor is saying I wouldn't. I wouldn't even haggle the price no. of the buyer because the buyer will just the seller will go. No, sorry, I've got somebody else who wants yeah. to, who wants you to can't haggle. It. So we can't haggle. And but my uncle had a good point. He's a quantity surveyor, and he said, "You've put this offer in at X price, and by the time you've moved in, it's going to go up by that price anyway. So it's going to be worth what mm. you're paying plus." The, the, the cost of the electrics. So you've made that money already. Right. But right. it's unsustainable. And that does make sense. The, the, does make sense. The price increases, rent and housing, it's just unsustainable. Well, what's happening is more, and more, like and more people are being forced to rent. I mean, we should be in a position in our, with our combined salaries where you would think, for, you know, for Christ's sake, we should be able to, uh, to rent. I mean, I... I don't want to say how much I earn on on the air, but I should. You'd think that someone with my salary bracket would would, would be able to to buy somewhere. And that's yeah, just but, not the but, case. But I mean, we probably could. It depends no, you how much could. you've packed away at sale. Well, saving, well, well, so. there's that, but there's other factors involved as well. There's whether or not you've got a good credit rating or any credit rating at all. Yeah. Um, and there's where you want to buy. I don't want to live oh. in the middle of butt fuck nowhere. I work in WC one, right? So I want to, you know, I get the tube every day to Tottenham Court Road and for Circus. So I don't want to have to do that journey from Guildford or from some <laughs> small little town in the middle of... Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Just have you not... ever looked into it? What? Buying a property. Yes, we're looking into it now. Are you? Yes. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah, it's exciting so until how... you realise you can't afford shit and you've got to go back to rent. Well, we need, well, the problem the issue we've got right now is about things, more mundane things, deposit, credit rating, yeah. etc. And we've got a time that we've got to move out of here within a few months. I so. Well, dragging everybody yeah, maybe, maybe. maybe we'll come and the, I mean, there's other issues though about where you want to live. So I work in the centre of town. My family's all in the west side of London. Mm. But when you're uh, 
renting a place, you're not going to make the long-term investment that you would yeah. uh, with, with, you know, so you can move around, you're a bit freer yeah. to move around. But if I want to buy a place, and I'm, I'm, you know, you want to buy the right place, and I'd be mm-hmm. more likely to buy out of town. Mm-hmm. If I'm going to rent a place, then I may as well rent somewhere that's close yeah. and yeah, convenient definitely. to all my friends and family. Yeah. So, um, but you do realise, bonking mad Boris, he wants to drive us all out of London and just get the rich, a, a the, the middle class, sorry, the upper middle classes and the rich British and all the foreign investors in in the century he doesn't want doesn't want riffraff and tossers like us living in, in the desirable and decent areas in London. He wants us out in Middle England. But I don't so really see that the... as desirable. I'd love to live in the centre of London. Would you? you? Would? Yeah. I would. No, yeah, not, I would. Not, I'm not even just well, talking about the centre. Look um, at look I at would. Elephant and Castle. They pulled down that enormous um, council estate. They haven't which, pulled it down yet. Well, they're pulling it down. But the idea was that they were going to build affordable homes. and like from... shit, will they? Exactly. They'll, no, they'll build affordable homes, which will then become too expensive to live in within the first three weeks. Mm. But even, you know? even at the, the cost, they, they've said that they're going to, you know, they're, they're pretty much yeah. going at market value. So no, no one... Yeah. I think it depends. You're not originally from London. No. Right? No, 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 I think right, if you yeah. anyone who is would love to live in central London. Mm. It's quite desirable. If mm. you're not, then you know. So here's a question for you. So Dan, you could rent anywhere in in the city. Where would you live? Rent, not buy. Rent. Anywhere within the M25. That's a really hard question. I mean, I'm I'm quite happy roughly where I am now. maybe a little bit a little bit Further in on the northern line, so maybe somewhere like Camden or Kentish Town. Okay. Brownie? Uh, well, in my current situation with a kid, probably somewhere like Battersea. Okay. If I was yeah. not, if I was childless, then yeah, Camden's a great shout. Okay. Yeah, somewhere kind of around the northern line, so maybe Wimbledon-ish kind of area. I think if I could rent anywhere, it would be in a, a, a small muse just off Portbella Road. Somewhere mm. like that. If not, I'm really like living. I really like living in Tooting. Mm. And the other part of now, if you could buy somewhere, anywhere in London, where would you buy? Would it be the same place? Would you? Nowhere. Uh, no. Yeah, Battersea. If I could <laughs> afford to buy somewhere in Battersea or Wimbledon. Right. See, if I could afford to buy, I'd probably start looking at places like Primrose Hill, or you know Hampstead, mm. yeah, or Hampstead or well. Chiswick. Actually, I really like just. Yeah, I'm, I'm not looking forward to being far away from my friends. I'll say that honestly, but I am looking forward to living there. But it is really nice in Berkhamsted, and I'm looking forward to that because I do, like you just said, Mike. I do have these kind of country roots, which I didn't really notice Whoa. until I got to Kingston, really, and thought, "There's just, no just way I want to live somewhere central." Yeah, but um, but I mean, I I do live in the um, East Dulwich of the North, which is. Crouch ends. I have Alexandra Park Palais. Palace mm. Palais on my doorstep, so it is a good area. Mm. You know, I can't. I'd consider moving up that way. The only part of London I wouldn't really want to live in is, is East London, um, but by and by East London, I'm teaching the New East London anyway. Yeah, so don't worry about it. Get me started. Uh, <laughs> the you know like Hackney. Yeah, we used to live in Limehouse for a bit, and that was awesome. Yeah, that was nice. That though, was yeah. wicked living in Limehouse. Hmm. hmm. I live in Crouch End, but I have to go to fucking Hammersmith, so it kind of negates... Oh, this Hammersmith man! <laughs> Changing the subject slightly, and I know you've been, but the uh, Olympic Park is now, I think, completely open. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, so okay. there's the uh, swimming centre. I swam in the Olympic pool on Sunday. That was my Mother's Day treat, which from anyone else might seem really boring. I'd be more I'm impressed if you skinny dipped in the Olympic pool. No, I was in there. I had the <laughs> national anthem in my head. I was competing. Did you do? Great. Did you climb out and do the Tom Daly shower thing? No, no. no. The velodrome. My, my idea of what, what goes, my idea of what goes on in the Olympic pool is clearly <laughs> different. From the velodrome is open now as well. You can't swim in there though. No, but you can cycle in there, which is quite good. <laughs> well, that's still. I think that's all we've got time for because I'm just looking at the clock and it has just ticked round to one hour. 
Um, and with all the bits I'm going to cut out, that'll make it about 45 minutes. Although there might be a little bit. Just the chicken noises. There might, no, 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 no. There, well, there might be a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be really. delayed. So, um, yeah. Oh, it's lovely seeing you all, yeah. as yeah. always. Thanks. Thanks for listening, listeners. Thanks Good to be back. It's always a pleasure having you at the other end of the speaker. So, uh, Lofty, before we go, tell everybody how to get in touch with us. Uh, groundlevelpod at gmail.com, groundlevelpodcast on Facebook, and groundlevelpod on Twitter. Yeah. And I'll try to make cake next time. I'm sorry I forgot. Yeah, for the forgotten for the fourth time. No, I don't row. think I said it. Third, third time. Third time. Yeah, did, yeah. yeah. Sorry. Okay. Fine. Dan, is there some comment you want to add? You look like you want to add. <laughs> No. Well, who was the name of that fella you, you sort of lapsed into earlier? Oh. Montgomery someone. I don't even remember. And said you could say goodbye from him since he was a guest on the show. <laughs> no, I, I was actually, I just, I just had this Tourette's moment where I just wanted to say lots of really obscene words, but I thought that would make your life and life yeah. editing them out. Yeah. Yeah. Alright, cool. Thanks everyone. Bye. 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 We're sick of the fatality In every locality Oh, we just killing the time Felt that it's a bit of a stupider version of Hampstead. No, but they see call they call it. Yeah, they call it Burko. 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 I do think yeah. the word Burk. I used it the other day, so I heard someone using it. I was Great like, amazing. Yeah. It's not as good as Div. Burk is brilliant. Twonk is my new favourite. Twonk. Twonk. I quite like the word.